Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Re-emerging from the depths of our mundane day jobs as the superheroes of the stupid. It's No Agenda for Sunday, March 22nd. This is No Agenda. Basking in the nectar of God's sunshine from the Crackpot Command Center here in southwest London, located in Gitmo Nation East. I'm Adam Curry. And here in uh, Silicon Valley North, I'm John C. Dvorak. Expected a little more from you. I noticed. I tried to keep it short, but then I guess I should have been longer. Next time I'll, be, I'll go long. Um, yeah, please, go, long ball. I was just kind of. I was just stunned by the fact you insulted our audience. Why? What do you mean? Why was I stunned? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Because that's the last. The guys who do that consistently. If you ever watch an ESPN show called uh, "Pardon the Interruption." Uh, they always start to show off this similar kind of thing. Okay. Well, let's not do that because I didn't get it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, John, how are you? Okay, in the morning. Oh. In the morning. Better, huh? I'm faster. Uh, still, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't have my. I was. I was just picking up the tea. I've got it under a button now. If I need it, so I just you, to, let's keep my hand on the button at all times. I was thinking you should be poised. I, what I, I need a version <laughs> of this. I need some sort of a remote button so I can hear yeah. it from here. So I have. I have a. I have a fader fox. I showed you that, right? My fader fox. Yeah. So I have that set up now, and whenever it, you call for it, in the morning. it's just I do have to have my hand on the button, which you know. Yeah. It's a little work. Yeah. A little work. Too bad you can't do it with your eyeballs. Just look at it. Boom, it goes. Like, like Stephen Hawking. He just looks yeah, at it and it like just comes out. Hey, man, I've, I've had an awesome week, I must okay. say. Hmm. I've uh, I spent most of my week in the zone programming our uh, 24-7 stream. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're still working on that. Yeah, thanks for listening. Lots of people are uh, very excited, and uh, the numbers are starting to show it a little bit. It's starting to... Starting to come up. People are checking out noagendastream.com. I've got now uh, three different news sources that are that come through on Twitter that talk about uh, that basically mention headlines that, that are very similar to the stuff we talk about on the show. And uh, every couple of uh, songs, like think every five songs or so, uh, the most recent uh, tweets that have been sent to No Agenda Stream get read out on the air, and people are liking it. <laughs> I, I've noticed a couple of uh, I've noticed it on the on the Twitter. Uh, people are checking it out. Yeah. We haven't gotten the ne- negative stuff yet. I, why would there be any negative stuff? Because there's negative people out no, there. There's no, negative no. people in the world. Yeah. Bummers, man. <laughs> Buzzkills. They are. They do exist. Believe it or not. <laughs> Letter from David Johnson. Uh oh. John Adam. I've been a listener since show number one. In the morning. Sorry, it was a misfire. <laughs> I've been a listener since show number one, email contributor, and love the banter between a buzzkill and crackpot. However, Unfortunately, I'm fine. here it comes. Here, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> However, but in all honesty, well, he's actually, he takes it to the next level of uh, of aside. By it's not. However, it's unfortunately. Unfortunately, oh my goodness! Hey, so in other words, we mm-hmm. jump right into the. We go right. We go right over the cliff. So thank you very much. And now I'm going to stick it in your back. 
Unfortunately, I'm finding the show's theme is shifting toward the doom and gloom format that I try to avoid from mainstream media like Fox's Glenn Beck show. Oh, please. <laughs> you couldn't get more you couldn't get more insulting than that. That I mean that if I could take those two in the mornings back right now, I would. The radio like music snippets and increased focus focus on getting paid is getting somewhat annoying. I would like to see the show lean back towards its roots, playing off each other, more social topics, a little less politics, food reviews. John's not, we need, you know, we need money for the food reviews. Yeah. John's knowledge, of, and we have to get together somehow in southern France. John's <laughs> knowledge of history applied to the topics at hand, etc. Oh, I, 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 stop, stop right there. That's unfair. Even last week, I, you know, I brought up this whole Israeli lobby thing, and you weren't quite prepared for the question, I think. But that was a specific, specifically tapping into your historical knowledge. That's I yeah, just don't accept uh, that. I'm going to having to talk about David and Saul. Anyway, <laughs> I understand that current topics are taken from current news, but what happened to, quote, no agenda? The show's success was based on being unique and spontaneous, different from the mainstream drawl. Please don't go there. I'm still a loyal fan, but I need I felt the need to give some feedback. Thanks, David Johnson. Uh, let me respond. Thank, you, to, thank uh, you for your letter. Thank you for your letter. Let me respond to that. I'm seeing oh, something uh, real. What? I'll just go ahead. No, I'm, I'm seeing something very interesting happening here. What we are creating, which started with the show, really started with the second show a week, where we're saying, okay, look, now we need to have donations in order to keep this going to grow the show. Grow. Um, grow. To grow the show. And, and it's, it's one for one. You know, it's, uh, the money is absolutely going to be necessary if we really want to take this into a full-time gig. Uh, we're both still pretty much, you know, we have other jobs that we're doing at the same time. But what's cool about it is anyone can contribute to what we're doing here through a number of different ways. Yes, you can contribute to the library fund, library slash winery, but there are people who are helping write code. There are people who are finding uh, interesting bits of news. It's, it's, it's much bigger than that. And I'm telling you that this stream thing is going to open up a whole new economy of stuff that people can do. I mean, there are people now working on iPhone apps for this show. So you hit a button and then you hear the stream. You hit a button and then there's a, a window that opens that automatically tweets no agenda stream. You hit a button. You know, it's, it's all these different um, ways buttons. that people... Buttons. It basically... <laughs> we just filled with buttons. We're getting somewhere. Okay. I, I think. Oh, I'm getting some Kleenex. I have to blow my nose after listening to that sob story. Okay. The word of the day, so, John. The word of more. the day. Oh, you got more? No, I don't. The word of the but day. You, <laughs> but you could at least give me a shot at it. Sure. And I got nothing. What's the word of the day? Ponzimonium. Ooh, ponzimonium. 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 Yeah, and it's not my word. It's I'm like pandemonium, only it's got for, to do with the Ponzi scheme. Yes, it comes from uh, my favorite publication, the Financial Times. And word is out. <laughs> Hundreds of Ponzi schemes are being uncon uncovered by the... Uh, <laughs> literally, hundreds are being uncovered. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission... Uh, 
has said, uh, well, yeah, it looks like there's hundreds out well, there. Well, we should take the guys who ran the <laughs> SEC and simply throw them in jail. Yes, exactly. Hang them up by their testicles. Wait, there's a lot of women in there. They're so mostly women. Yeah, yeah I guess that... By the way, we must count. apologize to our female listeners. That's what we were going to talk about last week, and you didn't do it. Go or ahead. did you forget already? Yeah. What, 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 that we have plenty of female listeners? Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of them think we're insulting them constantly. Shit, man, I'm so happy we have female listeners. I think we got about, I bet you we have over 20% female listeners, which Probably. is at least twice as many as a typical couple of nerds get. A lot of um, moms, I've noticed. Hmm. Well, that's you. That's what you'd notice. You know me, the MILF seeker, always on the lookout. <laughs> There's uh, so uh, back to uh, Ponzimonium, which which I I like. Uh, another six hundred and thirty-five million dollar Ponzi scheme uncovered. Uh, well, you know, that, I guess that's the one good thing about this economic downturn: the Ponzi schemes don't work when things are going, you know, negatively. But what's interesting is when you look at all the, uh, what you would call the fractal. So these, of course, are fractals of Madoff with his sure. $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Above him. $66 billion six, somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Above him, it's got to be a lot more. It's got to be much bigger. The whole, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? You know, when you think about it, everyone's going nuts. Everyone's loving. I mean, I can't believe that we didn't come up with this. You know, now I think of it. Because all it's so simple, you know. You, you just everyone when everyone's in a happy investment mood, you just uh, open up shop, you start collecting money, and then when it's time to pay some uh, returns, you go collect some more money and just keep it going. It's, it makes so much sense. And these Ponzi schemes are anywhere from about a million dollars, you know, to up to a billion dollars in the Ponzimonium. Uh, but you are you're spot on. You know, why don't we why don't we throw these regulators under the bus? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, we're so they're so tough. And by the way, and I haven't mentioned it for weeks and weeks and weeks, so I'm going to do it. Martha Stewart gets yeah. thrown in the slammer. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and I believe there is a correlation between the women running the show at the regu at the regulator. Wasn't it Blair? Her name? Thompson. Linda Thompson, oh, Linda Thompson. was the head of of the. I mean, there was a head of the whole thing, which is a woman again, by the way, who was of the. Head, Formerly the head of another enforcement agency that did nothing, and, but Linda Thompson seemed to be the one. And she was, and she talked so much like nurse, the big nurse, and the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, well, I, <laughs> really? We, we, we do, yeah. But well, we have a uh, no. We don't. I I don't understand why you're so upset. Kind of thing. That's funny. Well, yeah, they, no, they probably went after Martha Stewart because it's they a hated her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just standing on the outside, doesn't it seem so apparent? They're like, you know, fuck that bitch. We're going to get her. Yeah, let's get that stupid Martha Stewart with the fucking magazine. And, oh, she knows. Oh, she, oh, let's just stick a doily up her twat. That's what we're going to do. Here comes a doily, Martha Stewart. So, uh, <clears throat> yes, I agree with that. All right. So what else we got? Well, what you got on your list, man? I got nothing. I, I'm, getting, I'm going along with the idea that this show is no agenda. No There's agenda. nothing to be talked about. <laughs> but I will mention a couple of things. Uh, so I got to watch uh, Obama on Leno. Yes, I saw that as well. Mm. Good. Let's talk but about it. You said look a lot. Look. <laughs> look. <laughs> look. Did you count the number? I haven't been able to. I've gone through it a couple of times. I, I, I did the look drinking game. I was hammered eight minutes into the interview. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't follow the rest. 
Look. Look. So let me be very clear. Look, look, Jay, let me be very clear. So there's something kind of kind of I don't know what it is, but I can see why no other president did this. There's something screwy about it. You got a it's an entertainment show. You have the president of the United States, uh, the highest one of the highest positions in the world that, you know, requires a lot of bodyguards. And uh, sitting in an, in a chair that's lower than the host chair because they, those shows are all set up. So if, if you haven't noticed this when you watch these yeah, shows, the, the, the host you show know is it, always. I think taller, a lot of the yeah. listeners don't know that the and le, the worst case scenario is is Letterman, the yeah. guy who is in the interviews chair is sitting at the base level where his butt is about three inches lower than the host. Yep. Uh, and it's just for the effect of, you know, the effect because the host Who is in has the center. It, but even when you tower over someone like I do in most cases, it, it has immediate powerful effects. It's just human nature. Right. So the host is sitting way up in the air like in the catberg seat and they're looking down upon the guest. So that for, for this model with the president of the United States, uh, it's ridiculous. And so it gives you the feeling that, oh, is this guy an actor or is he, uh, uh, is, he selling huh? a, is he selling a book? Uh, yes, yes, he's selling a book, a very expensive one, but he's selling a book. Yes, go on. So it's just I find the whole thing to be slightly creepy and ill-advised. I disagree with you. I do not yeah, think it was ill-advised. I think, I think it was. It, it is fantastic. First of all, the appearance, home run. Absolute home run, boy! This good, this guy is good. Man. Yeah, well, we've known that. I saw if you watched him when he was on Leno before, and when he was on Letterman, he was very good. He's very personable, even though he stammers to an extreme. Uh, he's he's very thoughtful. He's got a very uh, disarming smile. He's got a beautiful smile, uh, as opposed to his grimace, which is horrible. And uh, he's a you know he seems like a guy with a lot of personality, even though he's ponderous and he's a little bit academic and he's almost like John Kerry in that regard, except he's not so homely. So here's the next thing to look for, and maybe I guess he's doing sixty minutes uh, for tonight. Um, what you, you you can almost see the switch flip over, and the switch, as you observed correctly, starts with look. So he's personable, he's making jokes, he's very, very good, you know, self-deprecating, good little uh, personal story about, uh, you know, the Secret Service, and just exactly, I, mean, I looked at him like the guy could have been a basketball player and sitting on, uh, on, on Leno's couch. You know, as you said, is he an actor? Is he a celebrity? Yes, yes, yes. Is he selling something? Obviously. And that pitch is always pre-announced by look and whoom, he just slips in and then you know the save or create comes out automatically it's comp that's programmed he said that so many times and i know this because when you do um like at mtv or even uh, mevo today which i do every single day there's all these little lines and catchphrases that you're always using and you use those when you need to to communicate something repetitively or when you need time to think about something what you're going to say next and boy, this, this guy was completely, completely filled with aut automated message delivery. It was just fantastic to watch. I think it, it, it did make a difference in the perception. His whole California trip, I don't know if you had a chance to, because this was on C-SPAN, if you saw his, um, his uh, town hall meeting in uh, California. No, I didn't see oh, it. Oh, you missed a good one. I'll record it. Well, it's on C-SPAN. What they, um, 
So it was pretty. Fun. It was pretty funny. By the way, before you go into the C-SPAN thing, I do want to mention something that he did on the uh, uh, show, which is another one of his memes. And he did it exactly as in the exact same order, exact same way. He always does it, which is to promote health care, ed- energy, and education. Yeah, I bet you can almost say it verbatim by now. No, I'm getting closer. Go ahead, give it a shot. I can't. Oh. I'm not not there yet. Oh. But it's, he has this little pitch, and it's about about two sentences, and it's always about health care. Affor- we want affordable health. Americans want affordable he- affordable health care. We want the best education we can. No, give. no, energy. And we want second. no, no, no. Energy is usually the last one. Then he says, no. And we we want to reduce our dependence upon foreign oil. I have on the show we do next show we do. I'll have the clip. Okay. Energy is always second. So this town hall meeting in California. It was so funny because it was filled with uh, uh, Obama bots, and they yeah. were all, they were all from the volunteer agency. And and not that that was pre-announced. You know, so first he does his whole spiel and uh, just a, a rousing speech, just really great. Of course, with a whole room full of basically a fan club day, what we used to call yeah, it. Yeah, like Steve Jobs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing. Uh, that's that's all that was missing. And, of course, it was all from teleprompter. The uh, the video, beautifully done. So now they're shooting so you don't see the prompter uh, from from really back in the back of the room. So it does, gives you a little bit of depth. But he never looks in the camera, of course. But it's a town hall, so he doesn't have to. And then he took questions. And, you know, it was so scripted, John. You know, it was the first it was the health care, <laughs> every single piece you wanted to have. And then one guy stood up. And he said, well, uh, Mr. President, you know, as you know, uh, I'm a volunteer, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, all of us here are volunteers. And he gave it away. Right? He gave away that this was a room full of shills. Uh-huh. The guy blew it. He totally, totally. But he, by the way, he will not be uh, invited to the next Camp Obama. He's Shoot him. Shunned. Take him out back. He's off the list. <laughs> He's off the list. He's, He's a dead man. He, forget about it, buddy. You are a goner. Um, but no, it, I, I, it was, I think, a job well done uh, when it comes to uh, the script and uh, distracting everybody and, uh, you know, oh, and I, too, am outraged by these bonuses. <laughs> yeah, not the not, but how come he's not outraged at the fact that the only reason those bonuses were guaranteed to be in the the, the bill that 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 gave uh, uh, that insurance company IAG all that money was because of Chris Dodd. Exactly. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Well, we, I mentioned that last week. Chris Dodd is the guy who said, yeah, I knew about it. I let it stay in there because it was necessary. No, he, didn't, he, he pushed it, put it in there. He didn't let no, it he, stay. No, he actually pushed it in. Oh, fantastic. But as the president says, he says he's picking up, was it Roosevelt, uh, the buck stops here. That's uh, Truman. Uh, Truman. Yeah, whatever. Let's like, let's look forward, people, not backward. So, yeah, he's using the buck stops here. Yeah, which and, is looking uh, backward. It's, uh, it's all my fault. Um, so interesting things with those bonuses, because uh, I did watch a lot of that, uh, a lot of that testimony and everything uh, surrounding them because that's pretty much what mainstream news is is bringing you right now is oh let's all be angry at the bonuses and so <laughs> you know so i love this that the house then passed a uh, an emergency bill uh, which was voted through so it doesn't mean it's law yet but to tax these bonuses at 90% rate which 
Yeah. <laughs> is how much more un-American can you get? Uh, it's like <laughs> that's actually what Leno brought up. He says, you know, this is kind of bad. They take target somebody and say, okay, we're writing an, a law that's going to tax you to death. Yeah. And Why don't you just put a death penalty in there? Okay, you're uh, getting <laughs> shot in the morning. In the morning. Yeah, not bad. I'm getting better. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Liddy, the uh, current CEO of AIG, then says, you know, this is like taking the financial industry out back and shooting them in the head. And I'm like, yeah, that's what the Obama industry does with people. <laughs> Take them out back and we shoot them in the head. Never to be heard from again. Oh, my goodness. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that this is being, uh, kept alive as a, uh, as a huge distraction. So everyone pays attention to that and not the billions of dollars that are being shuttled out the back door. Um, the, uh, remember we were talking about the, the DVDs that Obama gave, uh, Gordon Brown. Yeah, the ones with the wrong code. Is yeah. there, so did that emerge as a finally? As a big yeah, story? and gadget finally, finally picked well, it up. I'm talking about in England. Did it emerge in the papers there? Uh, yeah, the Telegraph had uh, had the story after they listened to our show. Obviously, sure took them a long time. I'm telling you, man, our show is influential. We can start little memes and stuff uh, happens, stuff moves. Yeah, well, we'll start one today. So the newspapers, you know, going out of business, talking about non-political stories. So I'm looking at the, you know, the next paper that's going to go under looks like it's going to be either the Chronicle or they're going to give the Chronicle to this group of schlockmeisters that run most of the little local papers around here and just leave it exist as some sort of a skeleton operation. But uh, I just will, will they pet. still be available online? You, I mean, you know a couple people there, so I'm wondering if you have some inside inside. Nobody info. knows anything. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, but you know these papers, the the Chronicle has this thing called the SF Gate, and so they have like a you know if they're going to do anything online and you're going to be definitive and you're going to lead the way and you're going to be the best there is and all the rest of these, all the rest of this BS, they have a restaurant section. So you can look up restaurants. So I decided to go look up, you know, pizza in Berkeley. There's about 40 pizza places. It's a college town, right? Mm. They list one. What's so up I with check that? San, I checked San Francisco where there's about 100 pizza places. They they list 13. They leave out lots of them. And in fact, well, it's because this it's guy. paid, paid some, search. Maybe. Yeah. Whatever the case is, it's like if you're going to do anything, if you can't even do this right because Yelp can do it, you know, get out of the business. I think they should just shut down these places. I think the Chronicle should just be shut down. It, it has, you know, they, they have a few guys doing a few good original news stories, which are which are worth going there for. But the rest of it's just a horrible, you know, bad back end restaurants of crap, crummy restaurant reviewer, a very bad one. And uh, and the and the rest of the paper is just weak. There's other things that do it better. I mean, it's just like even like Craigslist. I mean, dude, it's where people. Dude, but even when it comes to news, we're better than them. We're offering more insight. Yeah, well, insight's one thing, but but original, you know, reporting is something else. We don't do that. No, not yet. But well, no, not yet. But we're going to get to it. Yeah, we could. I think it'll happen. I definitely think it'll happen. I notice there's a lot of original reports. You know, people say, oh, the bloggers, and I don't know. The bloggers actually, you know, they don't, 
any any one blogger doesn't do a lot of original reporting like daily newspaper guy might do two or three stories a week maybe uh but there it, there's a lot of stuff on blogs that are one guy on one story and that's and just, right and that's the guy who will have information about that one topic and then that's the yeah, guy forever. you got to pull yeah you got to pull him in that's exactly how it's supposed to work i agree you know, and he'll stay on this subject. In a newspaper, they, they they go do a story. It's a big scandal. And then they go do something else, and the scandal <laughs> it's, gets forgotten. It's gone. And that's yeah, right. it's think, over. I think the reason that the public has such a short memory is because the newspapers have trained them to have a short memory. They don't follow up on these stories. Well, not just newspapers, John. I mean, most kids Well, uh, that's these worse days, with the broadcast television. media. Yeah, it's much worse. And yeah. you know, my daughter takes the tube three days or the train three days a week now to Guilford to go back to uh, to her college because she's going to finish the Guilford College first before she goes on. And uh, she gets the free London paper and she reads it, you know, because she's really bored and uh, in the morning in the morning, and she's reading the paper and she comes back with all this like pre-processed, you know, cut down to soundbite size information, which is just amazing how poor it is. It's really fucking pathetic. <laughs> yeah, well, those free papers are, are the rage here, too. Uh, we have three or four free newspapers in San Francisco, uh, not to mention the two weeklies. I'm talking about free dailies. And uh, then there is, um, I know in Washington, D.C. and New York, they're, they're starting to crop up, and they give them to people as they get on usually the subway or some you know yeah. commuter train. And that's what people are reading now, and it's, you know, that's the compet competition is going on your BlackBerry or your iPhone and reading the news there. A lot, of, pe all a lot of people listen to our show and to the stream uh, on their iPhones, uh, and it's, it seems to be kind of replacing some basic uh, iPod usage. Uh, could be. So anyway, um, I just the whole thing, the whole way news is going to be transmitted. I, I'm fearful that it's going to end up as a, uh, you know, you know, propaganda in competition with uh, rumors and innuendo and craziness. You know, the uh, uh, screwball stuff. So let me ask you a question: What is the the best auto program in the world? Arguably, auto. Yeah, about cars. The best auto program yeah. in the world? Yeah, about automobiles for gearheads. Oh, the best? Oh, you mean like a podcast? No, no, just on television. Oh, well, the Top Gear. Right, so I'm just making a point that the minute you pull the commercialism part out of it, that's the problem with, with, um, with almost any media is the minute you are owned by someone, the minute you, uh, and of course having sponsors, they at least own a portion of the programming, even if it's only for that moment, that's when the truth goes away. I think there's a lot to be said for that, even though we will accept any $100,000 contribution for yeah, one minute of right. time. But, of course, we'll set that up as a disinformation a, moment. Exactly. Although I'm, I'm, I'm getting the sense that we're never going to get that uh, to happen. <laughs> really, you think? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, really? Oh, boy. So anyway, uh, I just find the whole situation to be somewhat disappointing. It's just falling apart in a funny kind of way. The newspaper thing is just going to be over and about. Uh, I mean, the big boys will probably still be standing, but there won't. There'll be a shadow of themselves. How long do you think it'll take? Well, I think after the, uh, you know, it depends. I mean, if if the Chronicle doesn't fold and instead becomes part of this little uh, mini conglomerate of of mediocre little papers. Um, 
which may be a trend that, that still is going to have a problem long term. I think as people more and more people go online, as, well, well, as the youth of America yeah. come up. But I, I give it five I mean, years. Prob- five years, there won't be another newspaper in, the, in business. I think I think the, we're at, at multiple tipping points, and with the newspaper business or the news business, it hasn't come quite yet. Um, but obviously, newspapers. You know, the, there's two kinds of news. Well, um, yeah, the, I guess with newspapers, you have community of geographic community and then community of interest. So USA Today, you know, kind of skirts that line between both almost. Um, but the, to to print an actual newspaper with pure local news, uh, I I don't think I just don't think you can actually make it work financially. But to have local websites for local geographic communities, which are not from the the government, the council, or whatever, that that's pretty much where it has to go. It has to become more of a local thing, I believe. So now this brings us to the the, the dilemma that if everything goes online. What happens when an onerous government decides to just cut you off, just kill the Internet, or to just take the whole thing over and drop all these – I mean, it seems that that's – it's reminiscent of, you know, people used to talk about the uh, – in the 20 or the 30s and 40s where, you know, you'd want to take over some country in South America. The first thing you did is you raid and take over the radio station. Yeah. And then you'd be on the air, you know, we have taken over. We are the new government. <laughs> We're good. Pay no attention to the CIA guys. I don't know. And what does it do to the the, the uh, Bill of Rights, where where free press is protected? What is what constitutes a free press in the Internet age? This hasn't been answered to, uh, to my satisfaction by the courts. Well, I hope we get an answer because. Um... You know, cybersecurity is now uh, moving. This is interesting, actually, in context. Um, the cybersecurity functions of the government are being moved away from Department of Homeland Security and directly into another czar-like position in the White House, um, which always chills me a bit. Well... I, you know, Homeland Security's got a bunch of uh, of these um, border patrol. They got you know the Border Protection Agency. They got some new group of people. They're all over Washington State. It's, uh, it's ICE. You have ICE, the Border Protection Agency. It's not just. It's, there's an entire ring around the entire United States, John, of these, of and here's these border what, patrols. You know, up in in Washington State, they're they're for anyone who ever visits, you should know this. The uh, entire state uh, is extremely uh, diligent about enforcing the speed limit because because they don't have per- they don't have let's put it this way there's no personal income tax in Washington State and everything is kind of taxed at a low level so they have a different way of making money it's called one state f- that is one giant speed trap <laughs> really. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's so a, that's dri- almost like the United Kingdom. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. You, when you're driving border. around Washington State, you have to have your and it, and they always change the speed limit. It's like 40 mile an hour zone coming up, and then at that point, you better be doing 40. So anyway, <laughs> so you you're spending most of your time setting your uh, speed control thing on the car, the cruise control, because you you know if it says 55, you hit you put it on 55 and you hit the button so you don't have to worry about you know varying it. Yeah, by like being not. 54 and getting a ticket. Well, you won't get a ticket for 54. But oh, you get a you, ticket here if you're uh, two miles over the limit. 
No, that's two miles under. I'm saying 55, I'm 54, sorry, you said. I'm sorry, 57, I mean, my mistake. You could. I, the people have bitched about stuff like that. But yeah. anyway, most car speedometers, by the way, should check them when you get a chance to check yours. You'll find that your most car speedometers, and I think that car companies do this on purpose for liability problems. They underreport. They underreport. So yeah. when you're doing 40, it says 40 on your speedometer, you're doing 39 or 38. Yeah. You can usually see that if you have a GPS. Uh, right. It'll tell you right. how fast you're going. So anyway, uh, so they, so the meanwhile, so they have, and, and in the area that I have a place, you have both the city police, the county cops, and the state troopers all competing for the money. So they're all in the same area. So you could go past, you know, one kind of cop, then there's another kind of cop. They're all, you know, they can all ticket, and except the city guys can only do it within the city. Meanwhile, they have these, uh, these Border Patrol guys who are a bunch of punk kids that they just hired, you know, that are, most people perceive as nothing more than a glorified uh, mall cop. <laughs> but they're they're loaded with, uh, you know, with weapons, uh, with weapons. <laughs> yes. And they're speeding around. They're breaking the speed limit constantly. And if you complain to the state troopers about this, because they actually drive quite dangerously and they, they're going to kill somebody is going to be killed by one of these boneheads because they're speeding around all the time and the red lights and siren for no we've talked to the state people about said there's nothing they can do we can't pull them over you know the feds say you're too bad so the federal government is basically encouraging this was out and out law breaking by these people uh who are just you know they drive black vehicles with lights and sirens all over the place there's and the one a trooper told a friend of mine, you know, there's no reason for them ever to turn. There's what's the emergency they, unless the donut shop is closing because there's that there's no nothing going on up there. So these guys are just a, a, a plague. And I think if this is going on in any other state, I'd be interested in hearing about it. Have you ever? Well, there's an entire organization and I'm just looking for it now. I think it's uh, called No Border Patrol or something like that. And they actually videotape these Border Patrol stops. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, and, they, and, and the guys, of course, know their rights. And they just say, uh, and they, you know, just, so the Border Patrol agent will come up and say, I just need to check if you're a U.S. citizen. And they have no right to ask that. They have no right. And uh, so, and and these guys who are filming it, sticking right. the camera we, in the in the patrolman's face, yeah. So just, um, I could probably find. You'll it. find it. It's around. But anyway, yeah. so anyway, these guys, these border patrol guys, apparently have gone to the schools, and because my daughter, uh, oh Jesus, <laughs> oh don't tell me, oh please, don't, oh please, don't tell me this. They go into the schools and they brainwash the kids. You know, it's okay to do this, and they tell them all this stuff that's bull. And again, my daughter, I guess she's she's spewed some of this to my wife who almost got pushed off the road by one of these guys once you know because you know, the guy says she's comes she says she's driving along there's a guy one inch from her bumper you know got full speed red lights and siren honking at her and then he pulls out like a maniac into the next lane and scoots by her at about 90 miles an hour for who knows what reason and the, and so my daughter comes and says well they're just doing their job oh. and they want people to cooperate and just oh. cooperate you'll be fine and that was, the, I think she was grounded. This, this, but the fact that they're being brought into your daughter's school to teach some bullshit is just an outrage, John. Yeah, I know. Happening in the UK right now, known as Gitmo Nation East, public health mentors enlisted by the National Health Services are um, 
now recruiting people to nag their friends about living a healthier lifestyle. And it's like a <laughs> 80 million pound budget for this frickin' program. This is, you know, and and the, and have you ever seen these uh, these websites for kids, particularly the green websites? And you can you you can sign up and you get a little badge, and you you have to go snoop on your parents and uh, tell them when they're doing non-green things. This is this an outrage, and it's all a part of something much bigger, which is taking place before our very eyes. Undeniable that um, the Obama administration is deeply intent on creating a mandatory volunteer service, which I just love the dichotomy. It's like the Ministry of Truth. Uh, anyone between, what is it? I think it's the ages of uh, 18 and 25 will have to do uh, three months of mandatory uh, volunteer work, which just kills me. Uh, Rahm Emanuel uh, has been preaching this. Um, this is all part of the, um, ah, what's that other website that they have? AmericaCares.org or Gov. Or Christ. Yeah, I, can't, I can't remember what it is. Another website. They can't keep up with all their own websites. But, have you been checking Recovery.org? Yeah, I have. But just let me stick on this for a second because um, you have to combine that with another another thing Obama has said repeatedly on the campaign trail as well is that he plans to create a civilian military which is just as large and equally well-funded as the military fighting overseas currently. Yeah, the brown shirts. It's what you would call the brown shirts. This very same thing is now happening in the United Kingdom, where they're, uh, I just got to play this for you, um, where Jackie Smith, who was our uh, uh, Secretary of, uh, of Homeland Security, She's now talking about training. Just listen to the like a minute and a half of what this woman is saying. So she is our uh, uh, the UK version of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, her name is Wacky Jackie. Hold on, I'm gonna click play. Go talk. They will see a complete strategy to address counter-terror. You know, it's the nature of this work that quite often in the past it's been the sort of thing that's happened in secret behind closed doors. What we're completely clear about is that if we're going to address the threat... You notice how she's using the same type of words, we're completely clear about this? Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah be clear. ...from terrorism. We need to do that alongside the 60,000 people that we're now training up to respond to a terrorist threat in every way. 60,000 people they're training to respond to a terrorist threat. From our shopping centers to our hotels. 60, we need to do it alongside the 3,000 police officers now working on counter-terror, out and about doing that. So, And we need to do it with international partners. This no longer is something you can do behind closed doors and in secret. Okay, no, 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 see, this is how bold they've become. Now, fuck you. We're just going to do it out in the open. Screw you, you <laughs> idiot slaves. Look, we have a whole force of people. Your neighbors are spying on you. <laughs> Strokes white pussycat. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the Dvorak Uncensored blog. Anyone out there should do this exercise. Okay, let's do go this. Go to the search engine, yep. and you type in... Hold on, I'm, and still, reason, I'm still loading the page. i got to get all your Google ads. Yeah, yeah well, let me load. explain what I'm doing here. Yeah. My, all the, uh, we have these special posting logos for certain thematic stories. I'm ready for the and search. And if you know the name... Of, if you know the name of the JPEG, you can search and just find every story that, that is one of these types of stories. And this one I'm talking about now is the more endless tales from the British fascist state. So, okay. So you want to search for Hitler UK, all one word. 
Hitler so you UK. drop Hitler UK into the search yes. box oh, and you run into okay. oh. All right. Got it. So let, I want to go over these stories because I think they're fascinating. The first one, which is at the top of the page, is the two-year-old that sent uh, it was a social behavior order uh, for whatever he did. He's a two-year-old. I mean, this is like everyone's up in arms, apparently, about this little kid who's kind of, it's so, called an ass. Yeah, I just got to explain the ASBO, uh, antisocial behavior observation, I think it is. And uh, it's like a it's like a strike, and you get handed one of these, and you get you get enough strikes, and then you go away. Yeah, this kid is two. <laughs> Do you know that there's already a curfew uh, throughout most parts of London, a nine p.m. curfew for anyone under the age of sixteen? Hmm. So what was this kid doing, roaming the freaking streets? Give that kid an asbo. Well, what did he, what did he do? He accused of verbally abusing adult residents and damaging property. <laughs> Isn't that what two-year-olds do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we go to the next story. UK oh, yes, law, yes, no yes. laughing while driving. Motorist stopped by police for laughing while he was driving. <laughs> He was then uh, we got the, the well, wait, we wait, got wait, the wait, just let me explain. I just got to give it a little context. He was laughing yeah, about a joke told by his brother-in-law, and then a traffic officer immediately pulled him over because you must be talking on the phone. He said, no, I was just laughing at a joke. He didn't believe him. <laughs> and then we go to the next story. New law in UK makes it illegal to take pictures of police. I've got to publish this as a as a continuous link at the bottom of our show notes, just so people can get a little update every day. It can can you get an RSS feed from just this topic? Well, if you type in, if you use the, if you look at the top of the URL, that would actually do it. Oh, you're right, and it even has an RSS feed. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Anyway, here we're going to the next story. Couple forced to give grandchildren up for adoption by gay men because they're too old at 46 and 59. <laughs> 46 and 59 is too old to have kids. Well, to have their own kids, their grandchildren. They can't raise their own grandchildren. Okay, here we go. Next story. UK, this is more along the lines of, this is what triggered this, by the way. UK's new food police. Nanny state says you will eat everything on your plate. And this is about, uh, you know, making people eat what right. Householders are being invited by officials offering advice on cooking with leftovers in a government initiative to reduce the amount of food that gets thrown away. Home cooks will be told what size proportions to prepare, taught to understand best before dates, and urged to make more use of their freezers. The door-to-door campaign, which starts tomorrow, will be funded by the Waste and Resources Action Program, RAP, a government agency charged with reducing household waste. The officials will be called food champions. Oh, man. Did we get some of those naked uh, vegan pregnant chicks as well? <laughs> next, next story. Giant plasma TVs face ban in battle to green Britain, which means they're going to, you yeah. know, you're going to use plasma. These, they these don't stories, now we've done these stories. Yeah, okay. Well, we've a lot of them we these. haven't. Police set to step up hacking right, of you, home right. pieces. You're, you're, you're depressing me now. Entire UK secret police mechanism to be privatized. We haven't done this story. 
Which one is a this? A private firm may track all email and calls, The Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, we didn't get to it, but yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, then we have, you know, oh, this was another one that's kind of interesting. The CCTV camera used by social services to monitor couples' bedrooms. Yeah, that was uh, about two months this ago. This goes on. Yeah. Okay, go, I just want to point out to yeah. people. The police state is on. here. Yeah, and, and, and so the point is you can learn a lot by looking at what's happening in the United Kingdom, but vice versa because it's not all in sync. It's not kind of rolling all at the same time for a number of reasons, but the general agenda is pretty much the same, and it's recruit people, first indoctrinate them, um, hypnotize people about uh, such issues as climate change in the same soundbite way that we bring you Amy Winehouse news, and then train people to call people out. That's part of that whole calling out culture. And now we're going to rat on our friends, our neighbors, maybe even our family members, our parents. <sighs> By the way, the, I just want to mention one more story which happened in September. Another ASBO a boy faces antisocial behavior indictment for his missing cat poster. The boy who put up posters to find his missing cat was ordered to tear them down. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I love it. So the, so anyway, Hitler UK, so it's all one word. Look it up in the search box, and you can read all these fascinating stories for yourself. And you can even and use there's a lot more that, where that came from, by yeah. the way. Very interesting meeting took place in, uh, in Russia this past week between uh, Medvedev, the president of Russia, and check this list out. Henry Kissinger... James Baker, Charles Schultz, William Perry, <laughs> and uh, Sam Nunn, who I didn't know. He's uh, uh, he's still alive? I guess. He was a defense expert and former U.S. senator. Had a meeting with Medvedev. Boy, I would have liked to have been a little fly on the wall there, huh? What do you think the meeting was about? I believe what's taking place is... I think there's... Okay. Yeah, I think America is uh, cozying up to Russia because they're afraid of China. So I, I think, uh, and also Russia has been, you know, rearming and being pretty public about it. So they're, they're kind of showing their muscle. And I, I think that uh, it feels like the like the U.S. Uh, like the Obama administration. Of course, when you see Kissinger, he's totally in there with his buddy uh, Brzezinski, etc. Uh, but these are all uh, secretaries of state, right? James Baker, Schultz. This is this is huge. This is not just a little hunky dory meeting. I guess it's one of these meetings that they probably made some decisions about how they're going to do a phony baloney attack of Georgia. Or are they going to be pushed back? Or are they going to do this? Who knows? It's probably a, uh, probably working on the script. I a have script meeting. It was a writers yeah, meeting. It's a writers. It's a table read. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, hey, Henry, Henry, can you work on your inflection a little bit? You know, we need, it's not quite, your timing is a little bit off. You're getting there. Oh, man. Well, we'll see. But that, you know, unreported, that was in Pravda, actually. I've, I've gotten into reading. Pr How does that stuff get unreported? Well, excuse me. The president was on Leno. What the fuck do you think we're going to talk about? We gotta talk about important things like, uh, man, he totally slammed the Special Olympics, dude. That's so wrong. Let's debate that. So a story just cropped up on the blog with the Endless Tales logo on it from one of our new bloggers, Joe. And it's uh, I have to read this to you. Stasi HQ UK. 
Do you know about this? No. They should have a picture of this anonymous office building in a business park. Oh, Heathrow yes, I did hear about it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. They're monitoring millions of British holidaymakers using a, a new terror detect, detector database. Yeah, Apparently you, have every, to, you have to register where you're going on holiday. Yeah. So if you're going to uh, Portugal, you have to register with the government? Yep. It's interesting you say that because I'm going to Portugal uh, in a couple weeks on uh, on a, a one-week holiday. You have to register with the government to go to Portugal? Yes, you do. You just can't buy a ticket? Well, I did. Well, but I, th I think uh, the airlines, uh, as a courtesy, I think the airlines pass that information on to the government. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you have to do anything. It's a service. It's a, it's an extra bonus. You should be happy. You know, you're, you should be happy we don't put a surcharge on your ticket for passing off that information for your security. Yeah, you know, that's coming next. And to protect the children. Of course it's going to come next. <laughs> children's Protection Act fee. Uh, isn't there already a Children's Protection Act? Fee. Fee.com.gov. <laughs> hmm. I was going to say something. I uh... Oh, about, something about, no, about Portugal. I yeah, learned... Portugal's yeah. great. Yeah, so we're going to Portugal for uh, a Yeah, where are you going? Um, right about 20 minutes from, Wh from Lisbon. Which way? Uh, not the, uh, oh, I have to look it up on the map. We're, we're not near the, uh, the, the true Algarve, uh, we rented a house, oh. uh, which is kind of in a little village, you know, but it's not like on, on the sea. Uh, but I learned that Portugal decriminalized all drugs. A while back. I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. And uh, it turns out that it's been very successful for them uh, in combating uh, drug crime. It's gone down significantly. They just said, screw it. You know, do whatever you want. Take whatever you want. And, uh, and well, this, this is un unpublicized news. Yeah, I'm looking for the article. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Of course it's unpublicized. You <laughs> I'm I'm aghast. <laughs> no, surely you're not shocked by this. Um, are you looking it up? Because I can't seem to find. They have it. a lot of good wine in Portugal. Yes, yes. They Portugal do. decriminalizes drug use. When when did they do that? Well, I'm looking. Must looks been, like uh, I think a couple years. Looks ago. like this this was in July of 2001. Shit, I, I would have been... Who, screw Jamaica. I should be going to Portugal. What am I doing? Now, maybe it wasn't... No, it says right here. It takes drug use off the charge sheet. Addicts treated as a health and social problem. This was a 2001 article. And here's a May 14, 2009 article, The Success of Decriminalization in Portugal. This is a, a Salon article. Of course, nobody reads Salon either uh, for good reason. The what's, success of what's the good drug reason? criminalization in Portugal. In 2001, Portugal became the only EU member state to decriminalize drugs, a distinction which continues to the present. Last year, working with the Cato Institute, I went to that country in order to research the effects of the decriminalization law, which applies to all substances, including cocaine and heroin, and to interview both Portuguese and... No wonder nobody's talking about this. This is excellent, isn't it? It's been, so they've done it. It's been over eight years. It's working fabulously. Things, it's working fabulously, so let's don't talk don't about it. Don't tell anybody! <laughs> 
Well, the story ran in Salon. So, uh, well, hmm. on, on the heels of that, uh, from the Austrian profile, I think is the name of the uh, profile. Yeah. Um, the world drug trade is so big, it is, quote, the most important of all world agricultural markets, worth over $320 billion, UN Office of Drug and Cr- Drugs and Crime Director Antonio Costa told the Austrian Weekly Profil. This is, this is why I say that it's highly unlikely that any form of drugs will be decriminalized, certainly in the United States, probably the largest, uh, the largest market for drugs, $320 billion dollars. That's over half a percent of the world GDP. Yeah. Although, I guess not a lot of variety available in Portugal. I mean, those guys are probably, ah, shit, that market's shot. That's no good. And while we're on that, could somebody please point out to me a company that makes lighters with actual lighter fluid included in your purchase? What do you mean? I uh, I buy uh, Aren't most lighters butane. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, there used to uh, no, be no, no, something no. called a lighter fluid, which was used as it was wicked, and it was usually like with a with a Zippo or a Ronson, and it was a fluid that was largely kerosene. Yeah, you misunderstand, and I should I should explain. Um, they seem to give them like a quarter full. The, you, you buy a new lighter. And, of course, you would know about this, John, but lots of people who smoke would. You buy a new lighter, and then after two days, the fucking thing's empty again. Because they keep putting less fluid in. Yeah. I hate that. I'm sure you do, but what are you going to do about it? Well, huh? try and work with uh, our audience to find the good lighters. And the only one, although you, it's hard to find them, are the oval Bic lighters. Those are the ones that usually last forever. And every other lighter you buy is... Is a, just well, why crap. don't you just buy that instead of complaining? It's not hard. It's not easy to find them. It's 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 only buy one a case type. of them. I think the butane leaks out through the plastic. No, I think that those things are so poorly made that there's little leaks all over them, and I think yeah. that's why the by the time you get one, they're half empty. No, I don't think so. I think that's what it is. I'm just asking for help here. Buy a lighter that you think has nothing in it, put it in a drawer, and leave it in there for one year and see if there's any juice left at all. Okay. I'll bet you it's empty. Okay. In uh, Alberta, they, uh, they're starting to cap. This is the funniest thing when you see these pictures. They're starting to cap carbon dioxide. It's just so funny to see these huge pipes going into the ground i don't understand how this is good this can be if we if we buy into the idea that carbon dioxide is deadly uh why are we pumping that shit into the earth that makes (laughs) it makes very little sense to me and that's what cap and trade is isn't it isn't that part of it is yeah it's part of it i think that i think we i think so i think we have i think there's an evil doer somewhere in the scheme of things it could be al gore he sounds like a robot um, trying to kill all vegetation because vegetation requires carbon dioxide to survive. I was trying to do something cool, but it didn't work. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I have to say about it. Let me try it now. I am Al Gore. Oops. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe we should rehearse the show. <laughs> no, that would be wrong. No, 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 no. Hold on, here it is. Now I've got it. I am Al Gore. There you go. Oh, that's it? Well, what would you like Al Gore to say? Well, you should have said something. I am Al Gore, and I am a robot, your new master. <sighs> here comes your ringtone. I am Al Gore, and I am a robot, your new master. <laughs> That's good. So you just type that into Twitter and it does this, right? Uh, no, well, the, the, yeah, I just typed it in my computer. But yeah, if oh. you if you Twittered that, then it would actually run on the stream like that. Okay. Uh, two credit unions seized. And this is, I think, a much bigger deal than uh, than, than we think it is. What is actually the, what is a credit union, John? Credit union is a, is a kind of a form of a bank, but it, it tends to be uh, run privately, usually by a union or a uh, government agency or something like that. It's almost like a it's almost like those little uh, utilities companies that are owned by the city rather than the big utilities company. Well, um, the U.S. Central Corporate Federal U uh, Credit Union and the Western Corporate Federal Credit Union. Uh, total combined assets, $57 billion, taken into conservatorship by federal regulators. Mm. That's what they should do with AIG instead of well, all this. Yeah. Well, they own 80% of them now. I don't know what, what the deal is. This AIG thing is ridiculous. Because, did I say IAG yeah, earlier? Yeah, I think yeah I you said that a couple Why times. Why don't you correct me? You can make me look like an idiot. I like it when you sound like an idiot. Mm. The, uh, here's a guy who will be shot pretty soon. Uh, a Russian designer has uh, created a revolutionary car engine. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> Take that fucker out back. <laughs> Two to the head and put the gun in his hand. Uh, he's calculated that 10,000 of his engines with 600 horsepower capacity could save up to $7.5 million a year in, fuels, in terms of fuel economy. Uh, it's a really weird-looking thing. Uh, and it's... Uh, it's probably bull. Send me the link. Yeah, hold on a second. Uh, he says, my engine works without any noise. It's absolutely harmless to our environment. It's the most economic engine ever created, and it can work even without transmission. Yeah, right. Well, now why be so skeptical? Because it sounds like bull. Uh, well, what do you have? You ever tried making an engine in your workshop, man? What do you know about you know, this? You know, engines is like engine design and invention has been kind of like has a few centuries of you know. Yeah, exactly. Like a uh, uh, hundred years ago, Tesla was coming up with all this amazing stuff, and uh, they burned his shit down, burned his papers, and and oh. let him die in poverty. The guy who who brought us the, they, Niag the they. Niagara Falls power plant. They, they. Did it. yes, they, they. In this case, seventy-four-year-old Russian designer Robert Grigoryans has developed an engine which can make a revolution in the engine industry. He's from the Vol Volgograd Agricultural Economy or Academy. Yeah, right. Uh, blah 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 blah. There's no picture. There's nothing. There's a picture on the right, and you click that, and you can see more pictures. Uh, I click, nothing happens. There's no, oh, nothing to click. Get yourself a manly browser. During uh, President Obama's West Coast town hall meeting, he mentioned a new URL, John. 
Uh-oh. Yes. Which one? It's makinghomeaffordable.gov. Probably the worst the worst URL I've ever heard of in wow. my name. And he said it. He said it without stumbling. Makinghomeaffordable.gov. It probably was spelled out on the teleprompter as individual words. Makinghomeaffordable.gov. And uh, this, uh, this shows us if, if we are amongst the 7 to 9 million homeowners who may be able to benefit from making home affordable. Would you like to find out if you are eligible, John? Well, I can see. I can look up. I'm looking at the website. Eligibility, loan, look up, find a counselor. Oh, yeah, counselors are going to be big during this administration. You can yeah. be sure of that. Yeah. We'll um, start here to get help. Uh, I've already done the test. You basically have to answer yes to all the questions. Otherwise, you don't get through. There's no logic in it. So are you the owner of a one-to-four home unit? Yes. Do you have a loan owned or guaranteed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac? That's the kicker. If you don't have a loan guaranteed by them, then you're off the list. Are you current on your mortgage payment? I mean, it's like no one. I mean, if you have a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac back mortgage, we know that most people are not current on their mortgage payments. <laughs> Probably. So you can't answer no to that. Do you believe that the amount you owe on your first mortgage is about or the yeah, You will fail. You you get fail every single time, but then they have a different so there's basically two paths. You have the So if you answer no to one of those questions, then you don't get passed. So that's the home affordable refinance and then it gives you a sorry you're not eligible, but then you can go for the home affordable modification. And this is the money maker. This is the one where they will lower your payments, but you wind up paying more for your mortgage because they extend the uh, they extend your payment terms by three to five years. Okay, so there's something screwy about this site. Let me take a couple a couple shots at. For one thing, this is not doesn't look like it's done by the Obama team. It's got makinghomeaffordable.gov sales mark. Right over the .gov. Oh, yeah, SM, I see it, right. So there's a sales mark available, and it's got these three home peaks. and so that gets Oh, us, this John, is check at the top. The hotline, 888-995-HOPE. <laughs> right. In fact, HOPE, if you look in the top line, it says it's need trademark. urgent help. And HOPE is trademarked. trademarked. HOPE is now trademarked by, by these people. Only if it's all uppercase. You can yeah, use it if, if you... <laughs> well, maybe is it homeowner's hope is trademarked? I don't know if it's homeowner's hope or hope. <laughs> well, that's a, there's a, there's there's a, a diabolical first. laugh. Save that one. <laughs> <laughs> because it's outrageous. Hope. Hope. All uppercase is hope. trademarked. We're going to get sued, man. We went taken out back for this when, shit. You, when you say it, you know, I shot twice in the head. <laughs> How come there's no about us link? There's eligibility, loan lookup, find a counselor, contact your mortgage servicer, hmm, resources, audio and video. Oh, oh, dude, you've got to listen. It's like a, it's like a horrible infomercial. Oh, yeah. dude. I'll watch it. Well, take some clips from it for next time. You don't need so the U.S. Treasury.gov is in partnership and is in partnership with HUD.gov's got a link and in partnership with the FinancialStability.gov. Listen, is that hardworking person who has always paid bills on time, and I never thought that I'd have a stroke, but it happened, and I never thought I'd ever be in this situation, but it has happened <laughs> right now. Millions of Americans are having a difficult time making their mortgage payments. Doesn't that sound like an infomercial? 
It is. And she doesn't sound like she's had much of a stroke. No. So the financialstability.gov site, which links at the very bottom of that page, is site is coming soon. On Tuesday, February 10th, Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner outlined a comprehensive plan to restore stability to our financial system. In the address... Blah, 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 blah. But this is the site that has no, no format. Yeah, it's just like an outline. It has no background. No, it's under, yes. This site is coming. It's under construction. Yeah, where's the little man digging up? This is a, one of those shovel-ready shovel projects, I guess, John. A shovel-ready website. <laughs> That's a good one. Where did you get this laugh? This is <laughs> because it's real. That's the problem. <laughs> when I'm, I'm looking it's at like, this. I'm just, I'm just busting up. I can't believe what they're doing. They... In, in that infomercial, I did take some notes about it because I watched it. At a certain, and this is a, a minor pet peeve I have. They spelled there as with the possessive as T H E R E in the subtitles. Oh, that's funny. It just irks me when that when people do that. Well, they don't have any copy editors. Well, it's, an, it's the infomercial guys, the same guys who do uh, the ab ab machine. Are now refi- are refinancing your uh, your mortgage, and you're going to get screwed on it. I should have pulled the clip from uh, AI, uh, AIG CEO where um, it was it was it was a setup. Barney Frank actually said, "Well, I want the names of the people getting these bonuses," and the, and and then uh, Dill- what's his name Dillard, I think it's Dillard. He says, let me read you a letter. And he reads out these threat letters of people saying, every AIG employee who got a bonus should have, uh, and their families, we should put piano wire around their necks and, and strangle them to death and then hang them up by their testicles. He's like, I don't think it's a good idea to give these names. And then Barney Frank is going, well, I'll talk to the security people. I'm like, what department is that, Barney? And he kept saying it. I'm going to talk to the security people, but I think we can do that. So now they have 11 names. This is just a distraction. Totally. So now there's some stories out there that say that that Santelli rant was staged. We talked about that last week. It's exactly what we said. It's completely possible that was staged to spark this off, throw Jim Cramer in there, get the president on Leno, get Bernanke on 60 Minutes. Everybody start getting really angry about these bonuses and all the other stuff just kind of happens without a noise. So I don't normally look at the Twitter feed while we're doing the show, but I got to, I did this one. Tell Adam the women that listen are all 80s girls still drooling over him from MTV, which, by the way, I don't believe is true. I don't think so either, although it is interesting to point out that my wife and I just had a cappuccino here in, uh, in town, and we were walking around. And uh, I'm happy to report that not just my hair style, but also my clothing is, uh, after 25 years, is back in fashion. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it happened, finally. Yeah, yeah. well, it's just like even a clock, you know, a, a stopped clock is is is, 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 is correct twice, twice a day. day. <laughs> All the girls are dressed like uh, slutty Madonna clones from the 80s. They've got the, yeah. you know, the short skirts, the leggings, kind of the lots of Mismatched chains. colors. Yeah, yeah. and then the either kind of uh, skunk hair, blonde, blonde and black, or uh, kind of a yellowish blonde. It's it's back in style. I'm very very happy about it. If you want to call it style, yeah. So where this is all going? Um, nice little uh, piece, a little interview 
um, with, uh, what's the guy? The guy is from the uh, UN uh, financial panel. The interview was pretty funny. I think you'll enjoy Hello, listening to it. welcome to the Reuters 2009 Fund Summit in Luxembourg. Um, Ruben... <laughs> Did he say Fund Summit or Fund Summit? He said Fund. <laughs> oh, it's a Fund Summit, everybody. Woo, we're having a ball in Luxembourg. Hello and welcome to the Reuters 2009 Fund Summit in Luxembourg. I'm Ruben Ramirez. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like he's saying fun? Yeah, he's saying fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's so fun to talk about money. Hello and welcome time. to the Reuters 2009 Fund Summit in Luxembourg. I'm Ruben Ramirez. In Joining us today is Avinash Persaud, chairman of Intelligence Capital. Whoa, what's Intelligence Capital? I don't know. Well, he's the chairman. Avinash, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. The UN Commission of Experts on Financial Reform, of which you are a member... Is and by the way, so this is another panel very much like the IPCC, which brought you climate change. ...set to release a set of recommendations this coming Monday. Can you talk a little bit about what those recommendations are likely to include? One of our main recommendations is that now is the moment to think seriously about a new global reserve currency... Bingo. Oh, please. Bingo. This is your, Bingo. Uh, this I can see this coming down Broadway. This is it, baby. This is where it we starts. Wanna, wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, so let me make my notes here on the Adam Curry thoughts. One, global currency. So forget the marrow. Correct. Global currency and a global financial police. Yes. And, and we also pay our taxes to the. It'll, be, it'll really be bankers, but we'll, uh, we'll be paying taxes in the form of carbon credits uh, directly to the bankers. That's, that's my script. Yeah, that's never going to make it. Well, okay. All I'm saying is the UN was very capable of putting out a highly questionable report on what was known as global warming, now climate change. That has been adopted by yeah. well, that's because of Al Gore, right? So all the, we need is an Al, Al Gore of Al the money. Gore has managed to make this happen. Who's going to be selling this to anybody? Um, I think uh, people like uh, Gordon Brown, uh, people like no, President but he's Barack not Obama. He's a, he's a stooge. Well, Nobody how about Obama? Gordon. Obama will sell it when it's time. No, I don't know, but I think it'll be too late by then. Too late. Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll just let we'll play it out. I mean, I don't mind watching this this thing unfold. Why? Do, kind of why do you fight me on these? I mean, you can have a difference of opinion, but you you give me absolutely. You know what? Someone pointed out to me in an email, private email. Oh, one of your fans. No, no. He even said, "I'm not really a fan," but <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, let me be clear and listen. Um, I believe John Dvorak could be a disinformation shill because all he does is say, oh, it's bullshit, oh, here we go again. And you never have any – I'm playing you a clip of a U.N. guy that – hey, not just any guy. He's the head of intellectual capital, whatever he just said. And he's saying, hey, it's time for, uh, for new dineros, baby. And then you – but you, you discredit it, but you have nothing to back it up. And I have to say that no, I discredit. No, I'm not discrediting the fact that they're trying to do this, and the Russians want to do it too. I mean, there was some commentary recently by Putin, yeah. who says that they, maybe the Russians should be the leaders of this new currency, that world currency. Well, we might you know, as well be. You, we, we, by the way, with this one currency for the, it's like making a mess. The e, the, that's the precisely that's it's a fantastic experiment. Hey, they really screwed up Europe. Let's screw up the whole world. Come on, yeah, everybody. That's why I'm. What I'm saying is not that they're going to try to do this or not try to do this. What I'm saying is that they're not going to manage it. 
Well, but that's the whole point. They don't want to manage it. All, all, they just want the simplicity of having it so they can continue to make billions and trillions and no, trillions and pull it out. No, what I mean is out. they're not going to manage to even get that far. Yes, they will, John. They will because they will find an Al Gore. It might even be Al Gore who's going to say, oh, if we – he's going to make a movie and the polar bear is going to be animated. If we don't have a global currency, we're going to die. <laughs> This is how gullible we've become as as masses. Of course, of course, they have that power. They're out there saying, "Hey, you know, we're not hiding the fact that we're creating sixty thousand people in the UK who are going to uh, spy on you and report on you. We're we're just doing it out in the open because you people are so foolish. You just buy it. Nuck nuck nuck." So uh, you, can, I, I you want to play the rest of the clip, or was that all there is? No, there's plenty. Um, I'll put it back on. Okay. A shared reserve currency. The Americans that complain bitterly about oh. their status of being the world's, having the world's reserve currency. The oh, the we're complaining the bitterly. I hate it that we're the world's reserve currency, John. When, How about who's, you? Who's, who is complaining bitterly specifically? <laughs> so this guy's just full of crap is what you're saying. No. This that's what you're saying by playing it. No, what I'm saying is here's how. Well, that's what I'm saying. Here's how. Here's how it works. You just go out there, you tell some lies, and then you get some charismatic guy to come in and uh, you know to to basically sell the idea. I have it. I have who it's going to be. Who? This would be a switcheroo. John McCain. Well, this... Can you see the fractal? Yeah. Yeah, I can see the fractal. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see if he ever says anything, then we'll know, you know, something's up. So this guy sounds like a, who is this guy? What is his name again? Intellectual capital. Never heard of it. What's what? Go back and who is this? Okay, hold on a second. I'm Al Gore, and I hate being the global reserve currency. <laughs> there you have it. Al Gore is out there. Hello and welcome to the Reuters 2009 Fund Summit Whoa, in Luxembourg. I'm Ruben Ramirez. Joining us today is Avinash Persaud, Chairman of Intelligence Capital. Avinash Persaud, Chairman of Intelligence Capital. Avinash Meanwhile, I'll play a Persaud. little more while you're looking at it. a new global reserve currency, a shared reserve currency. The Americans have complained bitterly about their status of being the world's, having the world's reserve currency. We are not, you when liar. the world wants to save, they're forced to have a deficit. I think they complain a little bit too much about that. But if they're worried about that, the rest of the world aren't very happy about the dollar being the world's reserve currency either. So now's the moment to think about new arrangements. This guy is totally, um, dude, he, he's reading it, he's programmed. He's absolutely, just listen to it, it's flowing out of him. Where we could have a shared global reserve currency. All right, get to the... Get and to so the, what are the implications of that? I think the principle... I haven't seen the whole clip, but how much do you bet he brings in carbon emissions? Uh, I, <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't take the bet. Is a global imbalance problem. That when part of the world wants to save more than it did before... This won't lead to a concentration of assets in one place, but more spread around the world. It's good for those people who've got the savings, their assets are diversified, and it's good for those people uh, who, where the money is flowing. Given the current economic environment, the Madoff scandal that we've seen, the investors' lack of confidence in the system, what sort of changes are we likely to see in the regulatory environment? I think this crisis is going to have a 
a long-lasting impact on finance, financial regulation, financial institutions. Probably going to cast its shadow over the next 50 years. 50 years? Jeez. Of well, finance. In financial yeah, regulation, yeah. we're going to place a lot more emphasis on systemic risks. Uh-huh. Whilst the, the public and the politicians like to talk about issues of fraud, actually what really went on was a fundamental failure of domestic regulation and ignoring the economic cycle. This was our major error. And I think regulators have understood that. And they're right, lo- so now what's going to happen is there's going to be no financial markets left. They're just going to just going to be completely dead. If the, or at least the the real, not the shadow banking system, but the real banking system. Looking uh, at a number of ways in which regulation can be sensitive to the booms as well as the busts. The financial hubs like Luxembourg have uh, basically. Nah, I'm bored of him. That guy's an idiot. Yeah, I never heard of him. I can't find him on the web. Because yeah. it would be nice if I could spell his name. Let me see if I have a... Oh, I might have a, a link here. Yes, I have a... Here, here you go. Oops. Yeah. Does it say his name there? I don't know. I'm... Let me see. Maybe not. Yeah, Persaud. <laughs> P-E-R-S-A-U-D. There you go. Well, so... It seems like a couple things are taking place, um, and bear in mind that along with there's also the European Commission to deal with. Um, There's a um, there's a vote scheduled for June for European Commission. Now, European Commission uh, that's not like a public vote, I don't think. Uh, I think those people are just installed, and then of course we have to elect uh, a new president. But this can't happen until the Lisbon Treaty is signed. And there's even talk now of moving the commissioner vote up until the uh, the proposed October 2nd referendum in Ireland, which, of course, is exactly why President Obama was sucking up to the pr- prime minister, the premier, the prime minister of Ireland, because they need they need the legal document in hand to completely to completely enslave the Europeans. You know, finding anything relate, related to this joker is pretty unusual. I've had to go three pages deep. And I found something that has to do with Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley and Citigroup to form industry-leading wealth management business through joint venture. Somehow this guy's into that. Or at least he's in this article. Yeah, I'll look him up later. It sounds like a phony. That uh, I'm reading through that. Uh, that uh, there's a... a an abbreviated version of that Austrian magazine about the uh, the the drugs director from uh, the UN in the International Herald Tribune. <laughs> this is great. He says, in many instances, drug money is currently the only liquid investment capital. <laughs> uh, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime have found evidence that interbank loans were funded by money that originated from drug trade and other illegal activities. <sighs> no kidding. This is, this, so here's, here is more, well, I wouldn't call it proof, but here is more support for my, uh, I think my very eloquent assertion that the Afghan war is to produce drugs, part of this $320 billion trade, because that money is flow, is essentially flows through 
the interbank, I guess that's, that's, that's probably kind of a shadow banking system. It flows into publicly listed companies through banks. Well, I'm not going to argue the point on that, on the, uh, Drugs he, this guy even says there are signs that some banks were actually rescued in this way. <laughs> well, you know, I think your guy down the street's got it, you know, got it right. The uh, Afghan uh, store guy. Yeah. yeah the the store owner. I got to find out his name. I'll ask him next time. He, you got to use him as a resource. Well, let's let's write up some questions. All right. Some some really good ones that he can that he can kind of go into. All right, well, ask him about the Taliban and, you know, that kind of thing. Because I, he, I do remember. Where's Bin Laden? He probably knows. <laughs> Where's Bin Laden? I, I think I have to record this. I, I don't think it'll be good enough just to tell you what he says. I think I'll have to get him on mic. Okay, well, get, get a little H2. The thing I recommend is the Zoom H2 for anyone out there who wants to have a little portable wave recorder. It's actually quite nice. Four mics. It's cheap. It's an amazing product. And then, of course, we had another uh, navigation issue this past week. Yeah, two, yeah, there we go again. Two what Navy the heck's go yeah. This is making your theory look better and better. My theory being that the Iridium satellite network, which is used globally for ship navigation, they have a specific product for it, and that whole place is government issue these days. So now you've got, what was it, a tanker and uh It wasn't a couple of Navy ships or something? Submarine, submarine, and a, and a navy ship. <laughs> How is this possible? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Whoops. <laughs> Tell, that, would you ask that guy to stop calling you every single Sunday show we do? Hello, I'm doing a pleasure. Yeah. Goodbye. I have a sound file uh, that I save here. I don't know what it means. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. It says Bernanke, sixty minutes. Just let me play it. Commitments of a trillion dollars, doubling the size of the Fed's balance sheet. Is that tax money that the Fed is spending? It's not tax money. The banks have um, accounts with the Fed, much the same way that you have an account in a commercial bank. Oh, this is interesting. This is uh, Bernanke in sixty minutes, where he's essentially saying the Federal Reserve is a private group of bankers. But of course, no one caught this. So to lend to a bank, we simply use the computer to mark up the uh, size of the account that they have with the Fed. So it's much more akin, uh, although not exactly the same, but it's much more akin to printing money than it is to borrowing. You've been printing money. Well, effectively, and we need to do that because our economy is very weak and inflation is very low. Yeah. I remember him saying that. Why Why do we need, and let's just wrap up the show with this, why do we need someone to raise inflation? Well, because you don't want, de deflation is the worst thing you, you imaginable. Why? Well, because it stops all spending. Imagine, for example, you, you want to buy a house, but you know that the house is going to be worth half as much in a year. You're not going to buy it. Or say you need to buy a new car, but you realize that the prices are going to just keep going down and get it for a lot right. cheaper if okay. you wait. Oh, stop, stop. I'm going to stop you for a second. Okay. Housing market, car market. Got it. Dead. Okay. What, what, but I'm still going to go buy groceries. 
that's all though. You're not going to buy furniture. You're not going to buy any any of these these goods and services that are going to be cheaper tomorrow. So you're just going to keep putting it off and putting it off, and that it just drags an economy right down to nothing. You want to crank an economy up, you start you create a hyperinflation. You have to buy now because tomorrow it's going to cost twice as much. So you go crazy just in the other direction. But is that is so? You want to have a little bit of inflation, which encourages people to buy because they know they're going to have to spend more if they if they if they wait. But is that then the definition of a truly free market? Well, this market is always, they've always tried to control the market. I know, I know, I understand that because that's what the central banks do. But do we, is there any, has anyone ever experimented by doing that without? Uh, someone regular uh, manipulating the currency. I mean, uh, yeah. Before 1900, there was always done. Just did it was just did its own thing, and it didn't but work. Have it. No, the, well, they, it worked as. To be honest about it, it worked just as well oh, as it oh, does. Bullshit now. alert! You just said it. To be honest about it, like all the other <laughs> crap you just told me in the past hour and a half was full of it. <laughs> I don't. Honest. I don't want your lies now, Dvorak. <laughs> To be honest about it, it seems to me as though the system used to work, but it used to have this the boom and bump bus cycle, they say, was so extreme that it drove people crazy. They would like to have a little more control. And that's all they bitch about. If you listen to this the crazy bo- guy that was bust. talking, this guy from Intellectual Capital, he's going on and on about controlling the boom and bus cycle. You talk to, listen to Obama on Leno. Oh, we got to control the boom and bus cycle. That's what they always say every time there's a boom or a bust. But what they're actually doing bust. is they actually create the boom and the bust. Well, they try to, you know, they keep thinking they can control it. So the only thing that that the uh, the Fed chairman has to do is to equalize the boom and busts. That's that's basically his job. So when looks like he didn't do a very good job. Well, yeah, but, the, but this is really, this is important information. This is really good, John, because people don't understand what this is all about. But it's very very simple, from what I just understood from you, that the Federal Reserve in at the at the foundation its job is when deflation occurs to increase inflation to keep the economy going and then if too much inflation occurs to deflate which i guess would be by how do you do that is that lowering of interest rates no you uh, you raise interest, Ra- raise interest rates, rates right and that slows everything down and, and you know, the interest rate thing was supposed to be the regulator they figured and you crank up the interest rates to slow things down and you decrease the interest rates to speed things up but they got the interest rates so low now they're down to almost nothing and they can't seem to get the thing going and so they have to come up with some other schemes whether it's buying their own bond you know their own treasury bonds or bills or their treasury but it's still it's notes. still all based on inflation and deflation that that's the end yeah, of the story. Yeah, yeah, and you want to have a modest amount of inflation, and that's exactly where, you know, we're not. Because that, Although, that you know, modest amount that, of inflation equals uh, economic growth? Yeah, because what mm-hmm. happens is people, you know, they're, you don't want people to go crazy. You know, you don't want hyperinflation where you have to spend all your money instantly because it becomes worthless overnight. Uh, that's no good. Kind of you like everyone some- went crazy with the housing bubble. A little bit. Well, you're but it's right. not like real crazy, like in Brazil or in Germany in the 30s, where you know there were truck, you know, your money was or 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 not Zan, yet, or not yet. No, I know it can happen. Okay, so but the so and the but right but the, now, but there's another there's another way to inflate or deflate, and that's by uh, putting money into circulation or taking money out themselves. Yeah, usually okay. done with the T bill mechanism. Right. So, but now. 
Okay, it's a fractal, John. I've I've suddenly just figured it out. If you took a twig and you're holding the twig and and the twig has some inherent motion and you're trying to combat that, so, you know, it moves up, you move it down. And and then when you move it down, it moves up again, you push it back down. The end of that twig is going to be flying up and down like nobody's business, like you're whipping a fishing rod around. And, and eventually, that just snaps. So I don't think it can work ever. It seems like physically impossible almost. Does that make sense? No. But... <laughs> In the morning. <laughs> I don't know that, what you were talking That, about. ladies and gentlemen, is an official, an official buzzkill moment. <laughs> and now, back to real news. Jade Goody died this morning. The guy, the record store guy? No, the uh, cervical cancer Big Brother candidate. It's the top of the news all over the United Kingdom. Gordon Brown even took a moment for a tribute to her. He can't say anything about people who are living on the streets, but he can take a moment to... uh, And, of course, there's a link in the show notes uh, for today's program. All the linkages. They're jumping on it now. Boom. The the body's not even cold yet. you got to get your shot. Don't be like Jade. Oh, she died of cervical cancer? Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is a story that's been developing over there. Yes. Yeah, and it's all part of a scheme to maybe she's not even dead. Oh, I hate to say that. That's horrible. That is. No, she looked like she was really dying, John. That's okay. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry Yeah, for being tasteless. No, but, I know what you mean. But at the end of the day, you have to be honest. Unlike everything else we say on this show, it's totally possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's, I still think that guy from you know, MCI was, uh, or the Enron guy, still floating around. Oh, Ken Lay? Yeah, no, I, I'm there with you. Well, we're still keeping our eye on Madoff. You know, you never know what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I get the thing about him, though, he's 70, and he must be under some stress, I would think. Patricia had a 78 year old guy tap dancing on her show. Oh, it was well, great. I guess it was, no, he was, he was, uh, he was like really, really good. Hey, we're going to do the show at a different time next week. And by the way, I want everyone to go to Dvorak.org slash NA and please contribute to the show. We need we need some. Uh, oh, we haven't talked about the, the library winery at all. Shame on no. us. Well, we, you know, if some people complain we're doing it too much, but I think it's something Dvorak.org slash NA. You know, you can contribute. We got a lot of six, uh, the six dollars and 60 cents. And nice. If somebody wants to get a lot of publicity for themselves, we'll give them a, a, a send off if they do six hundred and sixty six dollars. I don't know why everyone says they want some mark of the beast. But you know it can happen. Um, Noagendalibrary.com or dvorak.org slash na. Right. It would be appreciated. And we'll have a call out for people who give us $50 or $100 in the next week or two. And if you can't contribute to monetary funds, and we're, and this is, we're only asking for 2 bucks a month on a donation subscription. Uh, if you can't contribute, then uh, you know, just tell someone to listen to the show. That's fine, yeah, too. Yeah, give them a copy. Make a copy for them. Make a burned CD. CD, and give it yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Please. And, you know, and use pieces from our show. There's, uh, you, know, you have under Creative Commons, I guess, uh, as long as it's non-commercial. I don't care. Well, no, actually, I don't give commercial. a shit either. Let it be commercial. Please go make some money off of the show, would you? That's a good idea. And yeah. seriously, the first person who creates an iPhone app, you're going to make at least a thousand bucks. 
I don't know if that's incentive enough, but you're going to make at least a thousand bucks. I guarantee you. In high school. If yeah, if you sell it for ninety nine cents, I, there's at least a thousand people uh, who listen to the show with an iPhone that will want it. The convenience of having it all in one. Yeah, sounds like a winner. All right, so uh, we're done. we're going to do the show a different time next week. What's the time, and uh, how come well, I, I, I didn't I, receive you the memo? Do Wednesday night when you could get Thursday morning? I mean, that would work. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, cause I have a th- do you have a conflict on Thursday, or is it just mine? Well, I, no, I have a conflict of Wednesday morning because they have the meeting usually. And right. um, I mean, I could do Wednesday night, which would be... Well, how about, how, how about Wednesday evening? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. So then we'll do it after... Uh, can you Can you just go back home? After the meeting? Uh, no, I have to do Cranky Geeks. Oh, okay. What time What time will you actually be done then? I, don't, I won't, wouldn't get home until 3. You know what? Just uh, pay attention to our tweets, and you'll see when the show is on. But it won't be right. Thursday. Not Thursday morning. Uh, we'll, we'll get, no. we'll, just somehow we're going to get a show, another show done. Maybe, well, maybe I could do it after that whole thing on Thursday. Well, Although we'll we can do a clip show. No, no, <laughs> no. Don't say evergreen either. <laughs> He's Buzzkill. I'm Crackpot. And I'm Adam Curry here in Southwest London in the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation East. And the Buzzkill Bunker is John C. Dvorak, located here in northern Silicon Valley. We'll talk to you again uh, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, soon, (laughs) right here on No Agenda.